millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Richard, before we get to the episode today, I just want to plug uh, our new a new video that we've made for the Director Project, which is our um, monthly project that we're doing with a bunch of other YouTubers, where we focus on a different director each month, and each of us make a video essay about that director. And this month, we all made a video about Hayao Miyazaki, and we, Cole Popsha, made a video about Porco Rosso and toxic masculinity and feminism. It's all very controversial and mm. all that, it's all very that fun soy boy kind of beta stuff. All that shit. So please go and watch that over on our over on the Cole Popsha YouTube channel. I I wrote it and and made most of it, but Richard, you're the Miyazaki fan of the two, the bigger Miyazaki fan of the two of us. Did I do it justice? You did. Thank you so Not. much. Ah. <laughs> 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 All right, and welcome along to the Cold Popcher Podcast. You're listening to the Cold Popcher Podcast with the hosts of the Cold Popcher Podcast. The hosts, Richard, with the most. Richard I, over there, and AJ over here. I presume you're um you're saving. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights as an intro for next week. Is that or next fortnight? Yeah. Well, actually, you could. Well, you're running next week's show, so you can do how, however you want. Well, that but hasn't stopped you show. in the past. Bloody steamrolling what I had planned <laughs> and just coming in with with some inane attempt at humour. Hmm. I'm currently trying to figure out: Do I go like "Merry Christmas"? This is a Christmas. Yeah episode because this is film franchise fortnights on the cold Popture podcast where every fortnight we cover a different film franchise and for the next two fortnights we're doing um parts one and two of the muppets movies and i'll get more into that into a second um and part of the reason for why the muppets was selected was because there is there are christmas entries in mm. in both the straight to dvd versions and the theatrical versions and so this is as Christmassy as film franchise Fortnite is going to get this year i think <laughs> yeah um so i hope it's Christmassy enough uh but yeah richard today we begin we begin our two-part film franchise Fortnite's journey into the films in the muppets franchise now this is similar to Yu-Gi-Oh or spongebob squarepants where it's a somewhat fractured franchise to talk about because most of the, like these movies exist within a wider media landscape that yeah. is probably more well known for a tv show that was certainly the case with Yu-Gi-Oh and spongebob with the muppets it certainly feels like an ip which transcends the medium 
yeah that it's associated yeah, I mean, it's with like obviously just... like the muppet show is kind of like mm. the main thing um but even that's like you know not necessarily what everyone would kind of know them from yeah yeah when you think of the muppets you think of the characters not yeah. so much what they're appearing in whether that be one of their many shows their many movies or video games imagine imagine like someone says kermit the frog and you're like ah yes um muppet monster adventure the the game i love that game <laughs> loved that game um, all this being said, to fully explain what the Muppets is, their history and place in pop culture, feels kind of like a subject for another podcast. So in these episodes, I guess we'll be operating under the safe assumption that everyone listening has a basic knowledge of the Muppets. They know it's puppets, and they go on adventures, and it's They're not of... quite a mop, they're not quite a puppet, but man. <laughs> a lot of it is inspired by, like, Broadway theatre, and so they'll they were like be presented on a stage and, and yeah. things like that um and variety Kermit show vaudeville fuzzy yeah yeah so we all know what the muppets is so this fortnight in <laughs> order we to all be know what the as, muppets is. <laughs> as comprehensive as possible and to separate what people probably think of as muppet movies from what are also technically feature-length muppet adventures um we're going to be discussing the two straight to vhs slash dvd movies and the two made for television movies which exist in the muppets canon for this episode which include muppet classic theater in 1994 muppets oh sorry kermit's swamp years in 2002 it's a very merry muppet christmas movie movie also in 2002 and the muppets wizard of oz in 2005 now last film franchise fortnights we did say we'd also be discussing a muppets christmas letters to santa from 2008 but upon further research and the director on twitter confirming this mm. to us um this is not a 80 minute long tv special as wikipedia erroneously suggests um it actually clocks in at 55 minutes at, at its extended edition um which you watched and said was just bloopers well yeah so it's like the um it's yeah like 45 ish minutes or something like that and then it's like 55 but it's it's just three separate blooper reels that is so strange um but yeah that's correct i didn't actually see that um he had confirmed that for us yeah he did he did it this morning um so that's kirk thatcher on um on twitter go follow him because he gets back to us and that makes him good in our books um so the yeah while it would have been nice to double up the christmas themed movies um we won't be discussing that film today because it's under an hour and that was our benchmark that was our criteria because if we did include anything under an hour as a muppets non-theatrical movie uh we would be covering probably like 30 films films Mm. quotation marks um so we got to draw the line somewhere and, and that seemed like a reasonable place to do yeah, it and, and that's not like an overall rule for film franchise fortnights it's no. just it's it's a muppets one that we, we that we figured okay we can draw this line in the sand and still have enough on one side that it's yep. a, a good enough sample size to talk about yeah and i do think on a on a macro level i think it's cool to kind of experience the muppets in in a form that's more associated with their like 
constant TV output than just jumping straight into the movies. So we go and watch the theatrical movies next fortnight, and it's like we know a little bit more about what's expected of the Muppets and yeah. and the world. Because overall, I'm not actually that familiar with the Muppets. I am in the same way I'm familiar with mickey mouse but like i've never really watched the muppet show or yeah, i've seen di- some of the movies dive deep into the lore yeah. um I, well if we want to talk about our experience with the muppets before we get to any of the films i i would quite happily mm-hmm. um do that yeah you want to do so um i've always been a fan of the muppets but my main kind of memory and first of like big proper exposure exposure to the muppets was uh when i was I, don't know, I would have been like 10 or, or below 10, I think. We went on a family trip to Europe and we went around, um, yeah, we went around the bit of the UK, went to Scotland um, and went to France. And in France, another fun story about that, we, we um, unbeknownst to us, were staying in like a very gay district of France, um, like kind of like, <laughs> the, you know, um, and um, Carly Minogue's can't get you out of my head uh, had just come out so i could actually tell you when we were there <laughs> can't get you i think it was 2001 so it would have been uh what was that eight mm-hmm. yeah so they had just come out and the place next door to where we were staying had this like party all night long where they just they literally played that song non-stop for like <laughs> 15 hours um wow on repeat so that was fine but um while the the place we we're staying though it had like the entire VHS collection of the Muppet Show, um, wow! And it was like you know everything around us was in French, but the, this Muppet Show was in English, so it was like this cool thing that me and my sister were able to to latch onto. And so anytime we were at the apartment, you know, we were just watching the Muppets, and so that's kind of like my main memory of France is sitting in this apartment <laughs> watching the Muppet Show. That's very cute. I I don't have an equivalent experience with the Muppets. They've just always been there and I've always liked them, but I've never gotten into them. Um, I think I would like to look like watch the Muppet show because I think that these movies have certainly um, revealed how much I enjoy the Muppets to me without realizing it. Um, So yeah, we're going to be discussing the four non-theatrical movies today. uh, And all of this is somewhat perplexing because with the eight theatrically released that we'll be covering next fortnight, officially by my count, there are 12 Muppet movies. Uh, But when you Google how many Muppet movies there are, it says 13, but doesn't tell you which it's counting. Um, So it's possible we've missed something here. And I don't think it'll be Letters to Christmas because we had to actually go through each individual one-off Muppets special to see how long it is. Yeah, well, in the... the, um, It wasn't categorically listed, including all of them. Yeah, well, on on Wikipedia, it counts... um, So it's got, like, a film section. It has feature, which is the eight we're doing next week, uh, Mm. or next fortnight. And then television, it has the four we're doing, plus an extra two... Uh, called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas and The Christmas Toy, which are both direct-to-TV, but they're like 40 minutes long. Yeah, correct. Cool. So let's but that, that, jump but that right also, into that, it. That means that there would be 14, not 13. So it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is the answer, right? Yeah. So this is possibly the loosest in terms of like comprehensive coverage I'm ashamed to say we've ever done on the show because mm. until hey, getting you're lucky you're getting anything so <laughs> until we got a tweet back from the director which I'll actually pull up um 
I wasn't 100% sure that an, an 80 minute cut of Letters to Santa didn't exist. Um, because, you know, how was I to know? I asked on the Muppet subreddit and they said, I don't think this exists, but no one was confident. So I tweeted Kirk R. Thatcher and said, according to Wikipedia, there's an 80 minute extended edition of a Muppet's Christmas Letters to Santa. Is this true? Trying to find it online and can only find a 55 minute one and a 46 minute one. And he said, no, it was always an hour long special. So even the first rough edit would not have been that long. The first rough edit of A Very Merry Muppet Christmas was one was 110 minutes though. 30 minutes had to be edited out. So entire scenes were removed it's like okay well i didn't ask about that but thank you kirk (laughs) (laughs) um we should get him on the podcast sure let's do it he's in his bio it says kirk r thatcher and then there's a frog emoji a pig emoji and a laughing crying emoji representing kermit miss piggy and the fun we're about to have (laughs) (laughs) um cool so Let's kick it off with what is maybe the least movie movie we've ever covered on film franchise <laughs> Fortnites, which is uh, Muppet Classic Theatre or Muppet Family Theatre in the Republic of Ireland or Muppet Fairy Tales in the UK. And this came out in 1994, was directed by David Grossman. Doesn't have a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. It does have an audience score. What do you think that is? Um, 68. 74. Which is like, yep, who's the audience? Who's watching this movie? Yeah. Little babies. Of course it's 74. Um, can you tell us what it's about? What this uh, <laughs> showcase of, of the Muppets is about? Um, all right, let me just uh, pull up so I make sure I get all these stories correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's a showcase of six different public domain stories, and it's presented by yeah. Gonzo and Rizzo, the rat, yeah. and they all star the Muppets. Uh, yeah, so the first one is the three little pigs, um, one of the pigs obviously being Miss Piggy. Um, and well, I think it's a fourth pig is Miss Piggy, isn't it? Or is she the the one who builds she's, house? She's the bricks. brick house pig. Okay. Ah, uh, she's a brick. Built like a brick house. <laughs> house. <laughs> Um, and then you've got the story of King Midas, uh, which is uh, played by Kermit the Frog, um, and the satyr is Gonzo. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you've got the boy who cried wolf once again, Gonzo. Um, he's the Gonzo's really like the mo of um, of these, where um, he's he's overrepresented in these things. Um, right. Although no, he is like just part of the main cast. It's not like Mo, but he's also you know. You're referring you're referring to how often Mo was in Treehouse of Horror yeah, yeah. <laughs> episodes, right? Yeah. So he um, keeps making these wild claims, and the mayor of the town, Kermit, um, eventually says, "Shut up! Stop." we're gonna stop believing you and then a wolf mm-hmm. shows up and you know everyone everyone knows the story um then you've got rumpelstiltskin um again played by gonzo <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um he uh yeah so kermit's the king um miss piggy um is the potential who makes the deal with rumpelstiltskin to spin straw into gold um uh, mm-hmm. and then they they manage to guess his name eventually um you know how it works uh then you got the emperor's new clothes which is uh rizzo the rat and 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 his compatriots um convince uh fozzy to that they're making him a brand new outfit that is made of a magical material that only elegant people can see and so due mm-hmm. to his um his hubris he he says oh yeah i can see it and he and he goes naked mm. and then the last one is the elves and the shoemaker which is um 
It's, is it Kermit and Robin? Yes, yeah, so Kermit and, and his nephew Robin um, are the local... He's the local shoemaker. They're not selling very well. But then in the middle of the night, uh, some elves or... <laughs> Uh, Rizzo interrupts the telling of the story and makes it to the Elvis or like they're all Elvis impersonators and they make blue suede <laughs> shoes in the middle of the night so it's like all these elves that are just you have the <laughs> the, the quaffed hair and leather jackets and <laughs> uh, yeah and it's very funny um, and then all, all of the this is a musical as well like this yeah this VHS uh, and so each one kind of has a song that sums up the theme yeah of, of that segment my favorite song was in the boy who cried wolf which is the song they sing when they're like shut up boy who cried wolf and it goes who do you think you're fooling yeah right sure we've heard it all it was like da, da, yeah. da, 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 and we've heard we've it all before. before i'll just include a, a clip on it it's really really you yeah, pulled yeah, that, the wall right over our eyes too many times before who do you think you're fooling yeah right sure i guess this guy is falling hey we've heard it all before you pulled the wool right over our eyes too many times with all your lies so who do you think you're fooling yeah right sure yeah, it's very fun. Um, this, this is the kind of VHS that your parents somehow obtain when you're four years old and you just watch it till the tape wears out and it doesn't yeah. work anymore. Um, so very, very fun. Uh, did you have, sorry, did you have a favorite story or favorite song? Um, I did like the the Elvis and the Shoemaker. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, yeah, right, sure. That was that was my favorite song. Um, that, yeah. that was the one that, that kind of stuck in my mind and then I was like, yeah, this is a song. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah the, the elvis and the shoemaker was was fun and it's funny like the because you know I, I, being a fan of the muppets and I, i've got my favorite muppets and there's some that i Ooh. i thought were annoying but then some in, in these watching these four films um yeah like rizzo and pepe the prawn are the two that i really came to appreciate and be like not that i ever disliked them you know kind of thing mm. but Maybe didn't get them so much but in this i was like oh god yes this is hilarious <laughs> yeah no i like those characters um so i i what i found interesting about muppets classic theater was out of these six stories uh let's say king midas the boy who cried wolf actually all of them except the three little pigs were stories i didn't realize how little i knew about them (laughs) (laughs) like i knew the basics but then it's like like what did i know about king midas he can turn things to gold that's all i knew i didn't really know i couldn't remember what the emperor's new clothes was fully about elves and the shoemaker feels like something i forgot even existed till i watched this um so it was interesting to see these stories told and i thought king midas was really interesting because my understanding of the story was that it's about the hubris of king midas but in this version king midas is played by kermit and it's actually miss piggy who plays his greedy wife who's got the hubris and convinces him yeah to to want gold you know and and so i thought that was an interesting way to like adapt the story maybe actually maybe the original king midas story is a greedy wife i didn't think it was um so i thought that that was a cool way to to um you know adapt the story i guess um this is very very short this this film it's maybe just over an hour um and so not a lot to talk about really other than it's a good time and if you have little children this is something you can probably both enjoy it's the the full things on youtube as well yeah yeah exactly um so 
The only other thing I really have to talk about with Muppets Classic Theatre is a fun goof from IMDb. Uh, our friends over at IMDb. <laughs> this is in the goof section. It says, When Rizzo comes in and whispers something to Kermit during the elves and the shoemaker, it is obviously not Rizzo's voice. This is because Steve Whitmire has, was already performing Kermit in this scene. The Muppets typically use a method of substitution, then dub in the correct voice later, but it appears in this instance was overlooked. The voice is almost certainly that of Dave Goals. So there's a goof in it where they didn't overdub someone else playing Rizzo at one point, apparently. Which is an interesting little peek behind the curtain into how they do the Muppets. Yeah, um, because Steve Whitmire no longer voices Kermit, and um, because he was was fired a couple of years ago. And so if you watch Muppets Now, I think is is the kind of main thing that, on Disney+, Plus, the main thing that the new guy has... um, has voiced him and you know i'm i don't like it i don't like the new Kermit. i'm a i mean i'm obviously jim henson is the og but yeah it's interesting reading about steve whitmire because apparently he just kind of like he'd been doing it for like he'd been with the muppets since like the beginning and they just one day were like no fuck get out um but it was like didn't he complain about how kermit's character was being treated in the muppets nbc show wasn't that what happened? yeah there, there's, a, there's a lot of like creative differences and, and complaints and apparently um uh, one of the issues I was reading is that he would he, he refused to let anyone else play Kermit, which would mean that if they they wanted the Muppets at like a um, you know, the opening of a mall kind of thing, and Steve didn't want to do it because it's just a mall opening. Who cares? That means that Kermit can't be there, kind of thing. Right. And so it's but like, but it also means yeah. he he has he has to be in things like Kermit Swamp Years which he probably has is too busy for as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. Yeah, it's it's strange that people would complain about a new Kermit voice actor because like every motherfucker in the world can do a Kermit voice. Yeah, I guess the main thing is that you have to be a, a good puppeteer as well. Right. It's weird that they would even combine those things. I would think voice acting and puppeteering. No, nah, well, because it's because it's, it's yeah, you have to be able to. Um, I guess it's acting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, because it's it's just a form of acting. It's like hmm. um, because your hands are like oh god I, I, there's so much emotion they're able to get out of kermit mm. just by you know it's essentially like a a hand and and just moving the the top fingers around they yeah, can make yeah. him look like worried or thoughtful or it's incredible because mm. he, he's such a simple puppet but it's it's a fantastic design yeah all right so 2002 we saw the release of kermit's swamp years this was so muppet classic theater was straight to vhs this is straight to dvd um this was directed by david gumpel uh it has doesn't have a critic score on Rotten tomatoes but it does have an audience score do you want to guess what that is 68 36 so not oh. very popular with the children who are presumably watching this movie um what is kermit's swamp years about uh so it's about um kermit swamp years really uh so yeah it's well, like partially he's not there for that long yeah yeah um so it's like kind of like a, a young kermit um but he's like not that much younger yeah the puppet's the same puppet <laughs> yeah uh but so he's got like his friends croaker the frog goggles the toad and then there's a bad guy as well um what's his name um or the, the bullfrog blotch blotch yeah um yeah so they, they essentially they get separated um they get sent to like a, a pet store wall or like mm. a so the the bullfrog it's finding nemo um, it's finding nemo yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so 
it ends up that Kermit and his friend um, Croker um, have to go on a journey to rescue Goggles and Blotch because they're going to be dissected in a school classroom. By an evil science teacher. Um, and it ends revealing that... Um, it ends when Kermit asks him to stop in front of the whole class, revealing that frogs can talk. And we, we learned that the science teacher, when he was young and first about to dissect a frog, the frog asked him not to do it as well. Um, and that's his sort of dark origin story. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, but I'd actually seen this movie before. Really? <laughs> this is one of the only Muppet movies I had seen before. Yeah, I, I saw it. We would have got it out on DVD in 2002. We must have. And I remember I remember the CGI f- uh, fly character mm. at the start. Um, who's, Horace DeFly. Supp- yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the only... Um, uh cgi fully cgi muppets um i remember what the characters looked like i didn't remember too much else but um yeah i'd seen this before and it was and and it was cool to revisit it what do you think of this film i I thought it was fun like that's the thing is that it's like it's the muppets it's like exactly the the worst muppet film the worst muppets content ever made is going to be like a three out of ten i I did actually rate some of these two two and a half or something like that um just trying to go off like a what's it attempting to do like if the best muppet movie is a five like that kind of thing but yeah like i'm always going to enjoy the muppets and when when we realized that there was no extended edition of muppets led us to santa i was like 12 minutes into a 45 minute thing so i was like i'm just gonna watch the rest like i'm not (laughs) like I, i believe it was john lennon who said time spent watching the muppets was not time wasted at all wow that's really beautiful. I agree. The Muppets is like puppetry is so magical. So I'm mm. always going to enjoy watching it, even if it's a straight to DVD Muppet movie. Yeah, such it's, as this. it's one of those things. Like, uh, yeah, because because like animation obviously offers its own thing, and then like stop motion. But yeah, there's just something so, and and God, like seeing them interact with like real people. It's like God, mm. that must be so fun as an actor to be acting opposite the muppets like yeah. if, if yeah. i ever get like famous and like no matter how famous and no matter how well respected i am and appearing with the muppets would seem beneath me i will i will do anything <laughs> like <laughs> if the, if i get a call from the jim henson company i am fucking right there yeah um so the, i reckon this because of that this may be the best collection of non-theatrical franchise films we've ever covered on the podcast yeah <laughs> like in terms of what i usually expect from these kinds of movies it's usually a lot lower but because i just can passively watch and enjoy the muppets i thought these were were a lot of fun this film though it does paint a strange picture of the muppet universe and this is sort of some of the meat on the bone of this episode that i want to yeah i want to discuss with you um are let me ask you something are Mm -hmm. muppet frogs still considered frogs because this movie says there's essentially says there is no difference. Right. Yeah. Do we? In see fact, we don't real see frogs? real. You yeah, don't no. see real frogs, but you do see a real pig. You see a real pig, and it chases Kermit, and, and he like, goes, "Oh, God, I, I hope I'll never see one of them again." Yeah, yeah. And it's supposed to be like get it because he gets with Miss, Miss Piggy later on in life. So it brings up questions around how we treat sentient Muppet animals compared to regular animals or is the implication that we as humans in real life can't see the difference yeah unless you do bath salts 
Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, well, uh, yeah, maybe um, like if you, if it were just if the camera were to switch to that pig's perspective, it would like see itself as as a muppet, you know? Maybe, and, and it would be Pilgrim, chasing Kermit, who would be a real frog. Pilgrim the frog, the dog, who's another character in this movie. Pilgrim is sometimes a real dog and sometimes a muppet, depending <laughs> on what they're trying to do with the character. So that would suggest this, but then. They make a big deal out of frogs being able to talk, but earlier in the film, when Kermit first gets to the city, like a kid just walks up to him and says hi, and and talks to him as if he was just another person. But then at the end, everyone is shocked that to see that Muppets can talk. What I'm concerned about, Richard, is that if we're dissecting frogs, and some of them mm. are clearly sentient, <laughs> and it also doesn't seem to be a secret, is maybe. Something happens between Kermit's Swamp Years and when the Muppet show is big because in the canon of the Muppets, people are fine talking to these animals then. But like, it's it's like Pokemon. It's like with Pokemon where, where it's like, are there also animals in the Pokemon? Are there mm. birds? Or well, is yeah, it just Pikachu's all bird Pokemon? described as a mouse Pokemon. And it's like, what well, the fuck yeah. is a mouse? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I'm just, I'm deeply concerned that there is a, a um, hierarchical... Uh, oppression of Muppet versions of animals in that they're not treated any different even though they're capable of sentience, which I think is what qualifies you for not getting um, dissected as if the, if you have the intelligence of a human, um, maybe you shouldn't be dissected. Yeah, what or maybe it's maybe like because the thing about the kid saying hi to Kermit as if he's just some random. Um, maybe it's like a, a, a childlike wonder kind of like it's the power of belief or something like that. Right. All of this stuff feels like there's an answer to it, but no one's thought of it. Mm. Well, something mm. like like Kermit Swamp Years very clearly is like, you know, putting them kind of... But something like The Muppet Show or like The Muppet Movie is just like, yeah, these guys are just celebrities that look different to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a piece of dumb IMDb trivia for you from Lay this movie. It on me. So Kermit is the only regular Muppet to appear in the movie, unless you count Statler and Waldorf's cameo in the movie theatre. So like, yeah i do count them <laughs> yeah yeah why would i not they're in the movie why would i not count them um so yeah that's that's about all i have to talk i've written here doesn't really offer much in the way of a kermit origin do you think that this could have been more focused on being how kermit became kermit or is it Maybe, fine the way yeah. it is I, I, yeah because I, I i like the idea that the muppets are like big celebrities and so mm. it, it would have been cool to have him like get a book deal from from his adventure or something like that you know like yeah, yeah. or seat. maybe he doesn't have his little collar thing until the end i don't know right, i don't even yeah. know what that's supposed to be <laughs> <laughs> is it part of his skin or is it <laughs> or is he wearing like an, a green bodysuit and that's the collar of it <laughs> what's up with his eyes i looked that up i said i looked up why are kermit's eyes like that because that's what frog's eyes are like but they're not like that <laughs> there is a frog that looks like kermit that was discovered recently that has eyes like that which is a crazy thing to happen but there are definitely frogs with eyes like that really yeah okay what do i know like um uh hypnotoad of course hypnotoad that famous um real frog (laughs) (laughs) i just see your picture of a frog real life kermit frog it's got a real dumb name so oh my god that does look like kermit holy shit yeah yeah 
What's it called? Real life Kermit Frog. It's a see-through frog. What? I don't remember it being a um, see-through frog. Yeah, it's not. Um, Diane's beer-hearted glass frog. No, I've got the Hyalinobatrachium yeah. dinae. That's supposed to be the, the the glass frog. Okay, it's called the glass frog. Yeah. Look up the glass frog. All right, well, that was fun. Um, it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie in 2002, Richard. Oh, very cool. It's Now we're getting into the season. Uh, this was directed by Kirk R. Thatcher, who we tweeted before. Uh, it does have an, both an audience score and a critic score, and since we've counted audience scores so far, I thought I'd count this one as well. So what do you think the audience score is for this movie? Uh, 68. It's 51. It's pretty low, Um, but it does have an 82% critic score for some reason. So strange kind of inversion of what we usually see here, where it's usually that, um, you know, dumb audience members will like whatever they're given. (laughs) Like um, Boondock Saints. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So this is the first, this was a made-for-TV movie um that was released in 2002 for christmas time and it is one of the few muppet related productions that are currently not owned by the walt disney company yeah um, um swamp is, years is another one right okay there you go this is owned by nbc um which is kind of interesting um and we'll see a lot of connections to nbc later on so what is the plot of um it's a very merry muppet christmas movie um so it's it, it, I mean, it, it's a, um, uh, you know, we talk about like the Prince and the Pauper kind of story structure and, and there's like, there's those kind of like classic tales that mm-hmm. are reused. This is the, it's a wonderful life thing. So, and, um, yeah, if you're doing a Christmas special for your, your intellectual property, you're either doing it's a wonderful life or you're doing a Christmas carol and the Muppets have done both. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how do we get to the, oh, so there's this whole thing about, um, uh, there's an angel, um, played by Dave Arquette, um, <laughs> from Scream, uh, whose boss, God, played by Whoopi Goldberg, um, essentially- Well, they never call her God, very yeah. wisely, I thought, because yeah. they'd probably get in trouble for that. But yeah, so the Muppets are going through financial hardship. Uh, the David Arquette wants to help Kermit, and Whoopi Goldberg kind of doesn't let him intervene until the last minute. By doing the classic "It's a Wonderful Life," showing what it was, uh, what life would be like if he was never born. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so being, they're, they're being shut down by um, Joan Cusack as well. Yeah, yeah. They're they're they're, they're losing the Muppet Theater. It's it's essentially um, the plot of the Muppets twenty eleven. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of this movie? I thought it was great. I love this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the probably Muppets. the best one we Fuck watched. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it's got um Matthew Lillard in it as well. Oh my god, he's so funny. He's only in it for a little bit, but his name he plays a French guy named Luc Fromage, and when he's introduced, he goes, I am Luc Fromage, but not like this stinky cheese. And then Godzo goes, No, no, it's a it's a completely different smell. And I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> like there's a Muppet sense of humor that I feel is like um better than what you might expect if you don't know anything about it you yeah. might think it's like dumb family friendly stuff but there's a there's almost a simpsonian humor sense of humor to a lot of the like better muppet 
yeah. productions i think um and then uh so there's a scene as well we see um miss piggy uh her acting career and um she does a guest spot on scrubs and so this was crazy yeah this we, was see, we see insane. um zach braff as jd with um sarah chalk as elliot and um the janitors there dr cox and even oh and carla as well and yeah. um even uh bill uh yeah bill lawrence yeah, the creator um, of the show. The who, of the show. I watching him it like act as the director. I was like, you never directed an episode of Scrubs. <laughs> You'd never be sitting there with your headphones on. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it felt weird to see a whole segment with the cast of Scrubs because it's like a partial scene from early Scrubs, which I'd never seen before. Right. Like, so it felt like I was seeing a new episode of, like, a lost episode of Scrubs from 20 years ago. Yeah, because um, <laughs> you and I both, like, fucking grew up on Scrubs, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scrubs is, is underrated as, like, one of my all-time favourite TV shows kind of thing. I don't I don't think about it as often as I should. Um, but Will, William H. Macy pops up. Uh, Mel Brooks mm-hmm. has a voice cameo. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, Joe Rogan's in it. Joe Rogan's in it. Um, um, Kelly Ripper is in it. Yeah. Um, Molly Shannon, the triumph, the comic insult, the insult comic dog. Um, <laughs> I did. Joe Rogan's cameo was my favorite bit of the movie, probably. Um, yeah. Because it's it's when Kermit sees what life would be like if he's never born. Um, which there's a big thing in that, which which we'll talk about after this. But, we'll talk about. Um, we, yeah, we see um, Rizzo is like a rat in a segment of um, of Fear Factor. So it's like back when Joe Rogan was the host of Fear Factor. So it's this woman's head is like in a glass box and then they take away this partition and Rizzo's on the other side and they both just start screaming like Rizzo's <laughs> terrified of this head. And then, um, and then they're like, oh, come on, t- you gotta you gotta bite the rat. You gotta take a bite out of it. First bites are the hardest. And he's just like screaming. It's so funny. It is funny. I thought this was a lot more adult oriented. This, well, this and the next one, had like borderline dirty jokes in it that I didn't know the Muppets did. Yeah. I didn't know they they went that far. I mean, it's not crazy. It's just like there's essentially um, Pepe the prawn sells out the other Muppets and joins the side of Joan Cusack, and he's very explicitly trying to fuck Joan Cusack. And it, yeah. and he like and like they say the word sexy, you know. So mm. it, your, it your Pepe's like whole thing is that he's like a bit of a deviant. Mm, yeah yeah i like uh, pepe my first exposure to pepe the prawn was in muppet monsters on ps1 where he's like your guide because you play as robin and he's your guide and he'd be like welcome to the game okay (laughs) okay after everything and it's so funny it's such a funny character and i can i feel like he was invented for these kind of interstitial muppet adventures that aren't like part of the necessarily the main movies because yeah. he works he works really well as like almost like a spirit guide through things because <laughs> uh, he's just like surface level funny you know yeah um so the i thought as funny as this is there is this one segment which i was like this is like date movie level <laughs> bad like this like scary movie level bad where it's like um Fozzie has to get the money to Joan Cusack 
and that's this whole segment of how he gets like distracted on his way and it starts with a um steve Irwin impersonator trying to capture him and then there's like a grinch a, an extended grinch parody yeah he that gets happens. dyed green by accident and yeah and, and and there's like people who are dressed up like the who's from whoville and it was like this is very 2002 i don't know <laughs> if this is any good and it's like they don't get the official Steve Irwin, who was still alive in 2002. And it's like, how hard is Steve Irwin to get? I God, he must be so easy to get for this kind of thing, surely. Well, not anymore. No, I know not anymore. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying in 2002, if you can't get Steve Irwin for that segment, just don't include the segment. You got Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> He's harder to get than Steve Irwin, surely. Well, not these days. No. You're right. I don't know why you keep specifying. That. I think I'm being very clear that I'm talking about the time and the place. Um, so the biggest kind of uh, talking point that I'm sure plenty of other podcasts have talked about. I know, did Cracked do it? Was it an episode of After Hours? Probably. On Cracked.com. I think that's where I first saw it. Is that this would have been filmed in 2001. And so there's a scene in uh, yeah, that's Kermit. Actually, that's actually not true. That's not part of it. Oh, really? tell, tell the story and then I'll tell the explanation. Well, do you just want to tell the story then? If well, you I can if you want. So um, when Kermit the Frog, it wasn't this, this would have been filmed probably earlier in 2002, but um, Kermit, um, yeah, he sees what life would be like if he's never born. And then he goes to Miss Piggy's New York apartment and you can very clearly see out the window the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers. Meaning that somehow... <laughs> Kermit being born directly results in 9-11 happening. Um, because in 2002, when he hasn't been born, the World Trade Center is still standing. Um, the explanation is that, um, uh, like, uh, Kirk R. Thatcher has commented on it, and maybe if we interview him, we can get his, his, in his yeah, own true. words. Um, but he, he said that, because this was filmed in Canada, I believe, um, mm-hmm. And it was just like a back, the New York City backdrop that's available. So it's like on a set, they put the big painted backdrop up, um, and so that's what it is. It's not. Um, it wasn't the actual World Trade Center. It was just like, yep, cool. This is New York, and no one thought to be like, oh, should we maybe use a different part of the skyline? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it, right? Hey, eh? like use a different part of the skyline. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So, but it is, it is fun of- that you know <laughs> it's like yeah. we've we canonically shown in the muppets yeah. that kermit did 9-11 well he didn't do it it's just for some reason he's responsible he's well it directly caused 9-11 um which also begs the question ah, maybe it's kind of worth him not being born. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's kind of worth the muppet theater being lost it's like, yeah, Rizzo's on Fear Factor, but oh my god, almost 3,000 Americans died. <laughs> I mean, we've already seen that in Kermit Swamp years that Muppets aren't treated as, as equal to humans, mm. so, you know, maybe it is worth Imagine, yeah, like, if off. you had the option to save all the lives lost on 9-11, mm. or the life of one frog. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. If you could go back in time and kill Kermit, would you? Go back to his swamp years? <laughs> smother a tadpole <laughs> smother it just take it out of the water oh no they're amphibious it'd be okay. oh, God! <laughs> I, that's actually one thing i'm disappointed with kermit swamp years is it feels like obviously we should see the tadpole version of kermit 
Yeah. Even if it's just at the start. Obviously, we should see that. Mm. That sounds fascinating to see. All right. Dumb IMDb trivia for this film. Snoop Dogg filmed a cameo appearance, but a scene was deleted. In an interview with Kermit the Frog on The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn, uh, Kermit stated that because of Snoop Dogg's involvement in Doggy Style, the movie, um, it was considered inappropriate to have him appear in a Muppet movie. And just, it sounds like such a serious thing to talk about on a late night show with Kermit the Frog <sighs> as the guest. Like, I'm trying to imagine what that would have looked like. You're like, well, you know, we were going to have Snoop Dogg on, but we just thought that because he was in a movie called Doggy Style. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Doggy Style is actually like a, um, it's like a pornographic movie. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Look up Doggy Style. Doggy Style movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like an, ex- I remember reading about this years ago. Um, but yeah, it's like actually like an explicit thing and it's just presented by snoop dogg well clearly the the creators of the new spongebob movie didn't have the same concern why because he's in snoop dogg's oh, yeah. what do you mean why <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted you to explain it yeah it's it's, it's snoop dogg's doggy style is a mixed hardcore pornography and a hip-hop music video <laughs> starring the music of the rapper snoop dogg presented by him so that means that like kermit the frog is aware of like this yeah yeah that's so crazy. The Muppets Wizard of Oz, Richard, in 2005, also directed by Kirk R. Thatcher. Uh, this has an audience score and a critic score. What do you think they are? 68. The audience score is 36 and the critic score is 30. So we are getting to the um, less well-received editions of this Ooh. this sort of pocket of Muppet feature films. And I think I agree. I think this is probably the, the least fun I had watching one okay. of these movies for this fortnight. Um, but can you tell us what the Muppets Wizards of Wizard? It should be the Muppets of Oz. It should be the Muppets of Oz, but it's not. Can you tell us what the Muppets Wizard of Oz uh, is about? So it's the story of the Wizard of Oz, uh, updated a little bit. Um, so it stars Ashanti as mm-hmm. um, Dorothy. Um, she works in a diner um and wants queen to be latifah is aunt m yeah and um she wants to be a singer uh she auditions for the muppets um you know traveling show and then she uh you know they get sent to oz and she gets she, there's a storm and a hurricane and her and her pet prawn toto get sent to oz <laughs> and so um and then when they arrive in oz their pet prawn is now pepe the prawn <laughs> uh yeah and so we've got um kermit as the um scarecrow you've got gonzo as the tin man and you've got um uh Fozzie Fozzie. bear as um the cowardly lion Mm-hmm. uh yeah and then you know off they go to um to oz it does and- it does the story of the wizard of oz and then adds a lot afterwards yeah the witches are um miss piggy yeah, so she all plays like all of them um and quentin tarantino shows up in the extended version <laughs> in, a, in quite a funny scene um yeah there's there's like a a fight scene and then it cuts to <laughs> um quentin tarantino exp- like pitching the fight scene and it's very bloody and gory like he's pitching it to kermit out of character kermit being the executive (laughs) of the muppets um 
and he's like, and then this happens, and Kermit's like sinking into his seat, like <laughs> ten, it's on our, I put photos of it on our Instagram if you want to see it. Yeah, over at Cole Popshaw on Instagram. Um, yeah, his name is in the opening credits, and I was like, who does Quentin Tarantino play? Is he the wizard? Is he the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> Um, because one of the funnest things about watching Muppet movies is getting excited by the opening credits. Like yeah, you think yeah. you're going to watch it, just a normal Muppet movie and then you're watching It's a Very Merry Muppets. And then it says, as the characters from Scrubs. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Uh, what did you think of the Muppets Wizard of Oz? Well, again, like, you know, this, this is, this is kind of, it's closer to the floor of, um, <laughs> of things I can enjoy, but it's still the Muppets. I'm still having a yeah. great time. Exactly. I think it did go a bit too long as well. Also. Maybe, yeah. Maybe but we need to watch the extended version yes. because this one actually yeah. has an extended version. Hmm. Um, one of the, I think the best joke in this is that when they first arrive in Oz and um, Ashanti and Pepe like walk out on the yellow brick road, Pepe then turns to the camera and says, for those of you playing Dark Side of the Moon, start it now. <laughs> yeah. Which is a very fun joke. Um, according to... Uh, Wikipedia, the film received mixed to negative reviews from critics who felt that the film was too mature for young audiences and that the cameos and popular culture references were unnecessary. I'll concede that most kids watching this probably don't know who Quentin Tarantino is. Mm. Um, but I did think that the the mature for young audience thing was interesting because as I said, like the Muppets is a bit dirtier than what I was expecting. And they say nipples in this film. They say, the Gonzo says the word nipples oh when someone God, asks- Oh my God, it's so funny. <laughs> what the buttons are on his tin man body he goes those are my nipples and it's like oh god okay <laughs> <laughs> that is a very funny joke though because he like starts playing with them he's like what do these do mm. i think they're my nipples yeah i think the worst thing about the film though is that um it tries to pay homage to the wizard of oz film by desaturating all the stuff before oz and it's supposed to like evoke like it's black and white, but it just looks like shit. <laughs> they should have gone full black and white. They should have just made it black and white until they get to Oz. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor plays the Wizard of Oz, Ooh. someone who was kind of like half cancelled, enough cancelled to get kicked off his TV show, yeah. but not cancelled enough to be like kicked out of Hollywood. Yeah, to be erased um, from the Muppets. It was yeah, it's it's also I, not going to be his last appearance on our Muppets uh, episodes. Interesting. Because he's well, in Muppets go. in Space as well. And he is, I think, I don't know if this is worth talking about because I'm usually, I usually don't want to like praise bad people, but God, Jeffrey Tambor's funny. Like not even <laughs> just in, like in Arrested Development, I think he's like hilarious. And mm. the control he has on the comedy, the comedic, um, value of his character in Arrested Development I think is one of the best in the cast yeah um but he's he's real funny in this as well so I guess that was just worth mentioning I can't remember any of the jokes but I did laugh mm. at some of the stuff he said um so here's a cool piece of trivia about Muppets Wizard of Oz Richard is that Kermit Fozzie and Gonzo play the same Wizard of Oz roles that they did in an episode of Muppet Babies called By the Book <laughs> so do you know about Muppet Babies yeah yeah so it's like an animated, 2D animated, you know, the yeah. 2D animated Muppets as Babies show. And there was a Wizard of Oz episode where Kermit played the Scarecrow, Fozzie played the, the Lion, and Gonzo played the Tin Man. That's great. Um, which I think is kind of kind of fun and probably unintentional because I guess those are the three characters that 
They make sense to be those things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so any more thoughts on, on Muppets Wizard of Oz? This was always going to be a short episode. I was ready yeah, for yeah. it. I knew it would be. Yeah. It's not that this this we wouldn't this episode we probably wouldn't even count as a feature Muppet film. <laughs> it's true. Um, do you have any more thoughts though on, on Wizard of Oz? There's a fun Statler and Waldorf scene where they're crossing a where the main characters are crossing a bridge and Statler and Waldorf are are roasting them as they do and because Fozzie the lion wants to be a comedian it, it, it hurts him it, it, i said before that it, it goes it extends beyond the wizard of oz story and there's this crazy part where they have to go and kill miss piggy's evil witch and like, yeah there's like a dominatrix miss piggy yeah and she kills well fozzy runs off and she kills the scarecrow and the tin man and you just see a decapitated kermit and a decapitated Godzilla yeah 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 on the ground and i was like this is crazy it's like age of ultron shit yeah. <laughs> um so that was fun i thought um I, don't know, I just like all the muppets who's the name of the muppets that's like a frank sinatra parody which you one know that muppet he's like he was in the last two we watched and he he's like i think he's supposed to be frank sinatra johnny fiamma johnny fiamma is his name oh yeah um, you know, you'll know him. Look him up. Look up Johnny Fiamma. F-I-A-M-A. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's hilarious, man. <laughs> Just the, the, cause his eyebrows move independently of, of his face. And, and that's, that's, I don't know. I just thought he was funny. And he's in the Wizard of Oz one as well. I also um, like, um, there's but, a, the, one of the, the strangest Muppets, um, who's, who's not in a lot. He's, he's in a couple of these and they mention him, but, um, Lou Zealand um mm, L-E-W yeah, he's a, he's Zealand. Of these. um yeah. and his thing is he he throws fish that return to the boomerang fish his catchphrase is i throw the fish away and it comes back to me wow great stuff some of this muppet stuff feels like it was made in a fever dream I think. yeah all right so that is all we're going to talk about for these straight to dvd movies or tv movies and like i don't regret it you know i th- i think i yeah. think it was cool well, to that's see the thing. you don't you don't waste time if you're watching the muppets exactly and it's cool to see what would be considered like a lesser tier of muppet film before yeah. watching the proper ones so we're gonna go to continue the franchise now where we each pitch our own straight to dvd muppet film and like to talk about all the stuff we left out is a whole thing we'll probably do letters to santa as part of film franchise follow-ups um so check that out when probably this month um what do you ever continue the franchise do you have a straight to dvd uh do you want to go first so we we talk um we'll maybe talk about this more next fortnight, but we talked about Miss Piggy as a Muppet and how she's kind of a problematic character now because she's very abusive towards Kermit and it's 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 stuff that thirty years ago was able to be treated as a joke that now like we maybe need to take a bit more seriously. Yeah. Um, because Which like I think the Muppets of- show on ABC and maybe Muppets now have like tackled a lot. They've toned it down and kind of addressed the right. fact that it's a very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Um. So I would like to see a, like like Miss Piggy's farm years, like a like a nice. a prequel origin story for Miss Piggy. Because watching her in these, I'm like, you're right, she seems so uns- unsympathetic. But like, I'd love to learn that there's like 
this trauma in her backstory that like kind of explains the kind of character i want to sympathize with miss piggy and i'm sure this exists in some way or form way shape or form like in the muppets oeuvre but like i want to see that i want to sympathize with miss piggy so i'm pitching miss piggy's farm years as a a prequel story about miss piggy and in it she chases a frog and it's a real frog, and oh. it's the other side of that scene. Oh. And so we do confirm that until you believe, you see Muppets as other animals. I love it. Um, very cool. My um, So my idea um, is, so going off the whole, um, uh, the idea of... Uh, you know the wizard of oz and it's a wonderful life being used um i was trying to think of like what other kind of you know films you could take the basic premise of and shove muppets into it that's a good point because all of these um except for kermit swamp years are just public domain yeah story well, i guess it's a wonderful life isn't but it's parody like the all the other ones are just like no this story now see it with the muppets <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah so i googled classic movies um mm-hmm. and the number one result <laughs> bizarrely um but it works for this it was the magnificent seven um yeah because like that seven samurai kind of um a troop of people come a professional or like you know faux professionals um potentially coming together to um to help like a small town and Mm. um yeah i think that that's that could work translate quite well to the muppets let's let's have it star um in the human cast let's have it star cole sprouse um (laughs) bob odenkirk i'm going like tv actors who would be in like a a tv movie special bob odenkirk would 100 percent to be in a muppet movie yeah 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 maybe millie bobby brown no millie bobby brown would be in a a theatrical one i think yeah she's too good for tv even though she's on stranger things but that's that's movie tv yeah nice cool good work okay well usually at this point in the show we rank the franchise i i think you're going to be annoyed at me saying this but i feel like we should rank all the muppets as one thing yeah because it's this is less like they're two separate franchises and more like we wanted to differentiate between the two types yeah actually do you know it would be a cool um classic film to redo with the muppets that could mm-hmm. explore the, the 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 dynamic of miss piggy and kermit's rela- abusive relationship mm. casablanca yeah but the gender switched yeah <laughs> kirby <laughs> looking at you kirby <laughs> <laughs> cool well hey that is our first episode on the muppets i imagine our next one will be probably twice as long as this one yeah uh, so stay tuned for that we've got our post-credit scene which stay we need tuned to record for two weeks coming up yeah yeah um next week we're gonna do netflix miss part two which i cannot wait to be done with netflix miss <laughs> this God, yeah. year um so thank you for listening uh hope hope you enjoyed it let us know what you thought about the muppets on our various channels um you can find us on our discord is a great way to contact us um so that's there'll be a link to the discord in the show notes and you can also support us on um patreon on uh for for what between one and fifteen dollars a month well, depending one on what and rewards a million you want to get really you can do whatever you want that's true um so you can do that if you like that's patreon.com slash copopsha and you can also support us on all our social medias like twitter instagram facebook um 
fucking all those places. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. And it's time to stop the music. It's time to turn off the lights. It's time to end the episode on the Film Franchise Fortnite show tonight. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Welcome along to the Cult Pop Show post credit scene. Thank you at the for end of each sticking episode. along with us. Thank I just moved my much. microphone this- as I said that. Sorry if it sounded shit. That's okay. Um, this is a segment, it's part of each podcast we do, where if you go to our Patreon and pay $5 or more a month, you get to give us a topic to talk about, ask us a question, what have you, whatever. And Richard, this time our question comes from Blank McBlankface on Patreon. And he has, this is one of those, similar to um, Jensen's rap battle, he's <laughs> given us one that we've kind of been avoiding to the point where we cannot avoid it anymore. Um, because <laughs> it's a lot of a lot more work and this is maybe a cheap way to answer it, but it promises something better. So he says, yeah. hey guys, I loved AJ's Pirates of the Caribbean song from our Pirates of the Caribbean Film Franchise Fortnite's episode and found the idea of making a very musical Disney-esque animated reboots of live action properties incredibly fun. Also incredibly frustrating because it would, it would be so good and it will never happen. What are some other properties that you think would work very well or even better as this type of animation? What's the title track and could you possibly grace us with a few lines thanks austin now look i was going to go all out and write a song um but i'll say this we'll do an episode on this next year we'll do we'll do like a proper hour long you know what i mean like let's let's just do when we come back after in the new year not that we go anywhere we take this podcast actually doesn't have a break so maybe we can do it then maybe we can do an like a Uh, movie that should be animated disney musicals yeah rebooted whatever the title is that doesn't mean i don't have an idea okay um because i think that one of the purposes of this is a way to revisit a a film that you don't necessarily want to see done in the same way out of fear of ruining it but you would like to remain in that universe somehow right yeah and i think a great example for that for me would be back to the future and so i would love i'll probably do this on the full episode as i would love to pitch a disney-esque animated musical reboot of back to the future um yeah. and you know what what are some of what would be some of the title tracks back in time in the back to the future um, back in time yeah. love um I do. There is that made me think of. There's like an old YouTube video I remember seeing that was like Back to the Future the musical, and it was. And the only thing I remember about it is you know the like. It was like so the whole thing was like to the tune of that, and it was say what you want about me, but I'm going to save history. That's exactly what it would be. Wow, that's interesting. That someone's. It looks like someone's already stolen that well it's obviously the kind of not animated but it's the kind of thing that would you know it's obviously going to be a musical i think there is like a broadway musical coming of back to the future so dismantling it like you would a disney film you'd have an i want song so what does marty mcfly want to go up to the lake and fuck (laughs) well he wants to be taken seriously right yeah um oh yeah yeah, there's a musical came out this year um it's a uh, written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, 
um, and the oh music God. and lyrics by Alan Silvestri. What am Ballard. I doing? Are you serious? Yeah. So it's just a Disney musical? <laughs> well, no, it's, 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 a, um, it's a Broadway musical. Yeah, but it's with all the people that you'd want to get on board. Yeah. To, like, is it Alan Silvestri's a Disney guy, isn't he? No, he did the. Oh, he he's done Disney music. He like I mean, he did the Avengers, um, but he he oh, did right. the music for Back to the Future. Damn. Okay. Well, there goes my idea to already do a cheap answer to Austin's question. Um, but <laughs> hey, give me a Star Wars Disney animated musical. You know, retell the prequels as one movie with songs in it. That'd be fun. I mean, it may be too tragic. <laughs> yeah maybe disney musicals don't tend to be tragedies do you have any movies that that you'd like to see remade as a um a animated disney musical um millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Muppets. All right, everybody. Um, thank you so much, uh, Alston or Blank McBlankface. Alston. Um, and I, I promise we will do your idea justice by doing an actual episode on yeah. it next year. Cool. See you later, everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.